Um, well, hey, I'm filling in uh, while, while Ryan's in, uh, in Israel, and I get a chance to talk, and, and I, I realize first service that I'm, uh, when, I, when I preach, I'm Ricky Bobby, because um, I never know what to do with my hands. So that's why I use this mic rather than the handheld, and then my other hand will probably be in my pocket a lot of the time, just so you know. That, that's just so you know, not that, not that you needed to know that. But it kind of fits into to what I'm talking about today, because I'm really talking about fear and how fear affects us, how fear paralyzes us, how fear holds us back. And it's interesting because still, every Sunday morning that I ever have preached, and I've preached hundreds and hundreds of times, uh, I still wake up nauseous. <laughs> I really do. I wake up I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't really, my message is awful. No one's going to care what I have to say. Like, oh, I can't do this. And then God just, like, kicks me, like, yeah, you can, you can do it, you know, like that awesome loving kick that he gives, you know. And I really kind of want to talk about that awesome loving kick that God gives us. How many of you know what I'm talking about, the awesome loving kick that God gives? Okay, I see hands. I see some, some shaking of head. Feel free to uh, talk back to me this morning. I was listening to a preacher this, this week, and, and he kept saying, come on, somebody talk to me, you know, and it was like, yeah, so feel free to talk to me this morning if it's something that, that if I say that loving kick, say, yeah, come on, I know what that is. You can talk back to me this morning because uh, we're here to experience God and hear from him this morning. I believe I have a prophetic word for us this morning. It doesn't mean that I consider myself to be some great prophet, but I believe with all of my heart that God is always speaking. Amen? Amen. Somebody talk to me now. All right. No, but I do. I believe he's always speaking. He uses, he uses people to speak into our lives, and, and I believe he has something that he's been, he's been speaking to me on for like the last month and a half, and, and it's definitely for me. Uh, a lot of times it's just for me, but then uh, this is one that I feel like is, is for all of us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do my best this morning. Uh, how many of you know of the Enneagram tests? Anybody in here know of uh, Enneagrams? Okay, a few people. Not a lot of people. Yeah, it's kind of something that's kind of coming up now. And, and uh, what's interesting is recently my wife has gotten real into the Enneagrams, and it's, there's nine different personality types, and I happen to be number six, which really more than any other type deals with fear. Like we, we tend to have fear and anxiety in our lives. We, we just kind of think worst case scenarios about things. And we, we're the ones that you walk into a room and you just assume everybody's lying, right? You just know when you don't trust people. Do we have any sixes in here that you know you're a six? Like, okay, there's one, two. Okay, good. All right, three, four. Okay, we got some sixes in here. So for sure, four people will get this message this morning. The rest of you just smile and, ah, yeah, that's good. I just pretend like you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I, I believe whether you're a, a six or, or not, um, everybody deals with fear because we live in a real fear-based culture and society. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about something that happened to me 15 years ago. I'm going to share some stories this morning. And what I'm doing is I'm sharing stories of myself. And I don't want it to seem like I'm just talking about myself the whole time. These are stories where... I had extreme fear, but God really showed up. Those are the good kind of stories, amen? And so I'm going to share those. I'm just sharing from my own experience because I could tell someone else's story, but it would be more their experience. So I'm going to share from my experience just some cool things that have happened in my life where God has taken a very scared little boy and made him into somebody who, who, who has, has, has come to know and understand the goodness of God and the Father and the perfect love that casts out all fear. How many of you know that that is a reality, that there's a perfect love out there that casts out all fear 
And that's what I want to talk about. And that's what I want us to leave with this morning is knowing that God is good and that he's got you. He's got you. Say that. God's got me. Come on. God's got me. He's got me. If you believe in God, if you trust in him, if you have a relationship with him, you have to know that he's got you. He's got you. And he's got each one of us. So we're going to talk about that. So 15 years ago, something happened. I was a youth pastor in Salina, Kansas. And uh, I, I, was, I was living a, a very, very safe and comfortable life in Salina, Kansas. So it doesn't get much safer than Salina, Kansas. Um, and it's right in the middle of the country. I always thought, well, we're right smack dab in the center of the country. If anything happens, we'll be the last ones. Because, you know, they always talk about, like, the coast and coming up through Mexico and all these places. I thought, well, I'm pretty safe right there. That's a good place to live. Um, so I went to this, to this convention, our Foursquare convention, and this, this, this speaker was talking, and he's from Los Angeles, California, Matthew Barnett. Some of you may have heard of him. He started the L.A. Dream Center in, in Los Angeles, California. He went into Los Angeles, and God gave him this massive vision. And he didn't have the resources or the money to accomplish this vision. But what God showed him was that he was going to purchase the, the Queen of Angels Hospital right off the 101 in Los Angeles, California. Uh, Pastor Ryan and I were just out there a couple weeks ago. We went to the Dream Center and got to be at the building. Um, but he told, he told Matthew Barnett and his dad, Tommy Barnett, who's a pastor in Phoenix, said, you're going to purchase this building and you're going you're gonna to serve the city of Los Angeles, and, and millions of people are going to be impacted and affected by this ministry. Now, this is a scary vision. How many of you know if God gave you that vision, you'd be a little freaked out, right? You'd be a little fearful, like, whoa, okay, the only way this will ever come about is if God shows up and does something, because there's no way one person could ever accomplish that. So he's sharing the incredible story of how God made that come about, and how, and at the time, and now it's even more so. I mean, every single week, they, they feed and take care of hundreds and thousands of people in Los Angeles. There's ex-drug addicts that live there now, people that have come out of prostitution that live there now, that now are leading ministries. And it's just an incredible, incredible ministry there in Los Angeles. I remember that night sitting in the, in the, in the crowd, and I was so moved, I was so inspired by the faith of this young man, Matthew, that he said, you know what, this is a vision from God, and it's bigger than myself, so I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go for it, because I know that if God's not in this, it's not going to happen. And I was so moved, and he told story after story of person that was affected by this ministry. And at the end of it, he gave the best altar call I've ever heard, because I got like Holy Ghost legs, and my leg, I just got up and, and ran to the front. And it was just this, it was just this experience where like, and by the way, Holy Ghost legs, that's not meant to freak anybody out. But you know what I'm talking about where you're just like, whoa, I got to do something. You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Somebody talk to me. All right, come on. And I just, I, just, I just knew that I was supposed to run to the front. And here's how I knew it, because he talked about fear. He said, he said when he first experienced this vision from God and saw this vision from God, he thought, there's no way I could ever accomplish that. And God says, you don't have to. That's why I'm giving you a vision that's mine that I will walk you through, and I go before you. And so I ran up to the front, and I fell on my knees before God, and I had such an encounter that night with God. I just experienced the perfect love of God because he met me in my fear. And I experienced just the love of a father, and I, the love of the father. And it was beautiful. It was so impacting on my life. And so I went home from that convention just so full of the Holy Spirit and just so full of God's love. And the first thing I did when I went back home was I started planning a youth trip. I was a youth pastor at the time, so I started planning a youth trip to go out to Los Angeles to the Dream Center 
they had a floor where you could come and you could volunteer and you could go out and be a part of the ministries. And so I went back and I realized right away my biggest challenge was uh, not with the kids because a lot of kids want to go, but it was with the parents, all the fearful parents, like every single parent. I had probably 22, 23 conversations with parents saying, listen, it's going to be okay. Like if your child feels like that if, if you as a family agree that, that, that God is calling them to go out there with us, he's going to be with us, he's going to take care of us. And I, I like convinced them that nothing bad was going to happen, everything was going to be so safe. Amy's laughing because she knows where this story is going. But I was just like, oh, no, it's going to be, it's going to be, God, look, I'm in charge. Like what could go wrong, right? And if you knew me at, that, at this age, you'd know, wow, like I would not have let my kid go with you to Los Angeles. But so we're driving to L.A., and all these crazy things started happening. And uh, the first thing that happened, now remember, I just told the parents, okay, bye-bye. We prayed together in the parking lot, and everything's going to be great. The first gas station we pull into when we first get to California, we pull into the gas station, two vans full of youth kids. And out of nowhere, and I'm not saying this to try to, like, be crass in church. Is crass the right word? Or, or crude in church. But as soon as we pull in, we pull in both vans, and this man jumps out in front of our van. The headlights are on him. He's got his pants all the way down and just starts jumping in front of us. The kids are taking pictures. I'm blocking. I'm like, stop, please. What? I, I like immediately I'm thinking, like, I'm getting fired. This is the worst thing. And from that point on, there was all these crazy things. Now, from, from, now that was the crazy bad thing. But then all these crazy good things started happening. The first day, one of the first days that we're, we were there, they sent us out with a, with a team. It was called Adopt-A-Block. And we went to this area uh, where there was a lot of homeless. And we parked this big truck. And we just started handing out food packs and, and uh, talking with people and praying with people. The craziest thing happened. I'd never had anything happen like this before. I'm telling you, this, is, there's, this story is true. I'm not making this up. I'm standing there. And we're handing out these food packs, and I look over, and there's this vendor that's selling, like, hats and shoes and clothes and, and socks and different things. And I hear God. Now, it's not an audible voice, but I just knew it was God. It was, and he said, go buy eight pairs of socks. It's just this weird, like, I, I'm thinking, whoa, now, is that you, God? I'm looking around, like, what's going on here? But I really felt like this is, God is, is, is telling me to go buy eight pairs of socks. And so for a little while, because this is so foreign to me, and I never experienced anything like this before, for a little while I'm just kind of like, ah, I don't know about this. Um, but I just, I just kept feeling, I feel like I'm supposed to go, eight, go buy eight pairs of socks. So I go over to this vendor, and, uh, and I said, uh, I'd like eight, eight pairs of socks, please. And, and they sell me eight pairs of socks. So there I'm standing with, with these eight pairs of socks. And I, I, I'm not kidding you, I did not know what I'm supposed to do with these socks. So I look down the street. And I see what looked like a, a, a young homeless couple kind of turn the corner. And instantly, instantly, I knew that that's where I was supposed to go with these socks. I, I can't tell you how I knew it. I just knew it. How many of you know you, when, when sometimes you just don't know how you know it, but you know it? God tells you, and you just don't know. He's not there. He's not speaking audibly, but you just know. I knew it. So I just start walking down the street with my socks. And uh, I, I go to where I saw this couple turn. And, and I, I turn the corner, true story, there is eight young homeless people standing there. And I, I walk over to them, and I said, I know this seems crazy, but I bought you some socks. <laughs> and, and they're like, and, and they were so nice. They're like, oh, right on, man, that's awesome. And so they, 
like start peeling their socks off. And, and no joke, it was not a pretty sight. These socks, some of them, they had the same socks on for months. And, 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 and so I'm watching them peel off their socks. It's not smelling good, but they're like having a sock party. No joke. It was like they were loving this. I just started to cry. I started just crying. I, I remember standing there and just like I'm holding the empty bag and I just start crying. These homeless people now start surrounding me, especially two of them. They come around me and they're giving, they're hugging me and they're like, it's okay, man. It's all right. And no joke, I'm like telling them about Jesus as I cry. I'm like, oh, God was standing over there and God told me to buy eight pairs of socks. And then I came down here and I turned a corner and there's eight of you and I just can't <laughs> And they're like hugging on me. Oh, this is great. And then they start. And then we end up like all praying together. And it was like we had church on the street in L.A. And I'm telling you, I want to rewind. And I want to tell you what I told God on my knees in front of everybody at that, at that convention. By the way, a lot of people went up with me and got on their knees. I said, God, here's what I told God. I said, God, I don't want to live in fear anymore. I don't want fear to ever hold me back from doing something you want me to do. And I, I commit today to do what it is that you call me to do. Wherever you want me to go, wherever you want me to, wherever you want to take me, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And I remember saying that. Now, that's kind of my personality. I'm kind of extreme, you know, like I'm not an extreme person, but I go to extremes. Like part of my personality is I can experience extreme low and sadness and then extreme like, hi, woo, like I'm like I am up here right now, you know. Um, but in that moment, like, I really felt it, and I said that to God. I said, God, I'll, I, I'm not going to let fear hold me back anymore. Now, let me tell you something. Be careful what you tell God. I'm serious. Be careful what you tell God, because when you, when you say something like that to God, he will take you up on it. He will say, okay, you know what? I got an adventure for you. I'm going to take you on an adventure, and it's going to be not just one adventure. It's going to be the rest of your life. That week at the Dream Center, God showed up so many times. It was incredible. With so many of the, of, the, of the kids in our youth group, we were all so changed that week. And we came back. We went back to Salina, Kansas. We said, we're not going to live in fear anymore. I remember one of my friends, uh, his name is Jake. He's one of the kids in the youth group. That week, he decided he got a group of the kids that were on this trip. And they got these big Gatorade Kool-Aids. They went down to the skate park. And they just, they just started hanging out and skating with the kids down there. And all these kids are starting to get saved. Listen, during that time, our youth group grew to about 500 kids every single Wednesday night in Salina, Kansas. Because, And I believe a lot of it was just what God started that night where he, he just inspired me to, to not hold back and just to go for it. And I believe it, it, it inspired a, a, a group of young people, a lot of young people to step up and do the same thing. And so this morning, I want to focus on fear that holds us back. Because everyone in this room... God has a destiny for your life, and he wants you to move, and he wants you to go, and he wants you to do. He has great things for your life. I believe the rest of your life, the, the, the rest of your days are the best of your days, and I believe that the only way that happens is if we're willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to let fear hold me back and fear dictate my life. So I want to look at a man in the Bible who, who had some fear, and his name is Joshua. So you've, you've probably all heard the story of Moses, who God called God calls Moses to, to lead the, the nation of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, into, into freedom, into the promised land. And so Moses gets to be about 120 years old, right? And there's this man, Joseph, who now is going to take over. So, so Moses goes to Joseph and he says, Joseph, you're going to be the one. And I want to show you this on the screen and we can read this together. But uh, jo Josh, did I say Joseph? 
Joshua. Joshua, all right? Did I say Joseph? Okay, I was testing you guys. Come on, talk to me, I said. Somebody talk to me. If I'm saying the wrong people in the Bible, you all right. So, so Joshua is the one now that's going to take over. So this is, this is, first off, Moses talking to Joshua. And Moses, at 120 years old, he says, So be strong and courageous, Joshua. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Then Moses called for Joshua, and as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors that he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Look how many times he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be, be discouraged. Now let's fast forward to Joshua chapter 1. Now this, I, I find this kind of funny and kind of interesting because Moses, he gives this big pep, pep talk to Joshua. And, and, and I just, like, this is kind of like, this, so this is God now talking to Joshua. And he's essentially saying the same thing. So I just picture Moses, like, on his deathbed, he's like, oh, God, I talked to Joshua, and I told him, do not be discouraged, do not be afraid, be strong and courageous, but I don't think he's getting it. So can you come in, and, and maybe you can, maybe you'll do a little bit better. You're God, right? Maybe he needs to hear it from you. How many of you have ever had something you've been told that you know is right, but then you kind of have to hear it again. You know what I'm talking about? Especially when it comes to fear. And sometimes it's like, oh, I just wish God would just show up and, and, and in person him tell me. So then I'd really know it was him. Well, so God shows up because he knew that Joshua uh, was probably afraid. And, and I think if you keep saying strong and courageous, don't be afraid, don't, don't be discouraged, then Joshua probably is experiencing being afraid and, and probably being discouraged. So here's God saying essentially the same thing. He says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either from, to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. And we're going to come back and talk a little bit about that line at the end. This is my command. He, he says it again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many of you can relate a little bit to Joshua? I know I can. And, and honestly, there's part of me that wants to rise to his defense a little bit because think of what he's being called to do. Think of, think of what is ahead of him. He's like, okay, Joshua, now you're the one to take over and lead all of these people into the promised land. And so Joshua, in, in some ways, I don't blame him for feeling afraid or feeling discouraged. And you know what's interesting is it doesn't say that you aren't to feel afraid or feel discouraged, it says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. See, God doesn't want you to live in that fear. He knows that we're all going to feel it. We're all going to experience it. We're going to feel discouraged. We're going to feel afraid. 
But God, he, he's, he's stepping in. He's saying, listen, I want you to be. I don't want you to be. I don't, you, may, you may have fear, but don't let fear have you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There's a difference with, between feeling something and allowing it to take over your thoughts and your emotions. Pastor Ryan said this a, a, a while back, a couple of months ago. He said that anxiety and fear is really a form of meditation because you're just dwelling on it. I believe that's why the Bible talks a lot about meditating on his word, amen? About meditating on the things that are good, that are right, that are pure, that are lovely. Think of these things, not on the things of this world. Because how easy is it to wake up in the morning and see all the junk and all the mess and all the darkness and all the things that are going wrong in this world and all the things that can produce fear? God steps in. And I believe that this is the word for for each one of us this morning. And the word is be strong and be courageous. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Why? Why? Now, he could just leave it there. But this is what he says. He says, for I go before you. I've been where you're going. Isn't that cool? I've been where you're going, where you are taking a step. I've already been there. I know what it's like. I know what is there. I know what you're going to experience, so trust me. He says, I'm surrounding you. I'm always with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. God wants us to not live in fear. He wants us to live in the confidence of who he is, live in the confidence of of the direction that he has for our lives, for the will that he has for our lives. That's his desire for us. You know, he got a a major pep talk from God. And I think what's interesting is, is, you know, we look at our enemies in life as kind of the situations we're going through or even people in our lives uh, as, as the enemy. God didn't bring up the Canaanites. He didn't bring up the Hittites. He didn't bring up the Jebusites. These are all the the people that he was going to face that are against him, that are trying to stop him. He didn't bring any of those people up. You want to know why? Because God is talking about his enemy, and his enemy is fear. Fear is his enemy. The, the, all of the, the circumstances, and they, that's not his enemy. How many of you know we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against the invisible powers of this world, the things that are unseen? And I'll tell you what, your biggest enemy in this life is going to be fear. It really is. Because the enemy loves to come in and lie to you and say, oh, you should be afraid of this situation or you should be afraid to step out. But I'm telling you, God is calling us to step out. Listen, fear can work as a sign that we are faced with something bigger than ourselves, bigger than we can handle. And let me tell you, that's where the adventure begins. Because if that something is defeated or overcome, then we know that it wasn't us, but we know that God was involved. And that's a beautiful place to be. I'm telling you, every experience I've had in my life, the greatest experiences I've had is when I step into something I'm scared to death of, but I step into it anyways, and I see God move, and I see God's hand at work, and I see him do something miraculous. I heard a, a difference last week between Bravery and courage. I heard someone explain it this way, that bravery is you just aren't afraid of anything, you just go for it. But courage, and that's what we're talking about here, courage is when you choose to go ahead, you you feel the fear, it's there, but you choose to take a step anyways because you know that it's worth the risk. 
Listen, I want to challenge each one of us this morning to don't live your life safe. Live your life risking it all for Jesus. That's the only way worthwhile. I was talking to someone in between service, and we were talking about how, you know what, we would, and I, I, I just pray that this is true in my life. I, I pray that this is true. I would rather die doing something that has meaning and purpose than live a whole life that's meaningless. A whole life where I'm just safe and not stepping out into the areas that God is calling me to step out in. He says, I have gone before you. I have gone before you. I want to talk about God. I want to talk about fear, perfect love, courage, adventure, invitation into perfect love from a father that we can trust. That's what we're talking about this morning. Now listen, fear, I believe fear's place in our lives shows us God's place in our life. I really do. I think that, that, and some people have said it this way, that we don't really have a fear problem, we have a faith problem. And you know what, I think there's, there's a lot of truth in that. I do. I think that when we, when we are overcome with fear, then we, we, we don't have faith that God is really truly with us as he says that he is over and over and over again in Scripture. All right. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I hope you are too. I hope you're catching what God is saying this morning because this is good stuff. Listen. I also was talking to someone in between services who's, who's been in recovery for many years. And one of the things that they talked about in their recovery over and over again is that fear and faith cannot operate the same space. Now think about that. Let God speak to you through that. That fear and faith can't operate in the same space. If you're letting fear overcome you, overcome your thoughts, overcome your emotions, overcome your, your life, you need to stop and you say, God, where, where are you? I I. I want more of you in my life. I, and I'm going to talk here about how, how that happens in our life here in just a second. You know, the picture that I get, and this is a picture that God has shown me so many times over the years, and I use it all the time. If I've used it before, I'm sorry. But it's really that picture of a child jumping into the arms of, of their father. And so I've got a little four-year-old. He was three last summer when we were going to the pool. Griffin he loves to go swimming. I remember the first days that we were out there at the pool. I'd be in the pool, and I'd say, come on, jump, Griffin. And he'd be standing at the edge, and his legs are kind of shaking. And in his face, I see a perfect combination of, of extreme excitement and sheer terror, right? You know what I'm talking about? And, and I'm inviting him to jump. And, and I'm saying, trust me, I'm going to catch you. I got, I got this. And it would be terrible for me to move and just, like, let him fall in. That's a Ryan Coffee joke, by the way. That was, that's something here, just, just to bring back. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, but it would, it, it's, it's that picture of, of the, little, the little child, even though there's fear, saying, I'm going to do this because it's also exciting. And what happens in that moment is the child jumps from a place of fear to a place of love. And I want us all to catch this. I believe this is really important. When God invites us to jump or to take a step, what he's doing is he's saying, I want you to take a step out of fear and into my goodness and into my love. Now, is he with us in this place? Yes, he absolutely is. But do you know how he knows how to get us out of that place? The way he knows how to get us out of that is by inviting us out of it. And he says, take that step, make that jump, see if I won't catch you. We go from a place of fear to a place of love when we take that step. 
And it may seem overwhelming to us. We may be scared to death. But I'm telling you, taking that step is the way we see that God is actually there. And God is actually catching us. And God is actually leading us into what he knows is best for us. The last story I want to tell you about is, is just a, it's just kind of a fun story. It's kind of an interesting story. Um, I've shared before about a trip that I took with my friend Kyle. This is really shortly after the trip to the Dream Center. Um, but my friend Kyle and I, we got invited to go to Venezuela. Uh, they were looking for, for some young youth leaders to come and, and, and help at this camp and help do some training down there. And so uh, I'll be honest at first. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I, if, if, if I want to go, if I can go. It wasn't that I was afraid to go at the time. Um, but it was just like, I just don't know what the purpose of this trip is. But I really felt like God was, was inspiring me to go. I just really felt like a kind of a push, just that, that, that loving push. Like, I want you to go on this trip. I think, I think you're going to experience some good things on this trip. So I went on this trip, and uh, we had been there for like a week. And I still wasn't sure. I mean, we were teaching the kids and spending time with them. I still wasn't sure why I was supposed to be there. And so then we went up to the camp that we were going to teach at. And uh, during the week of this camp, I was doing some translating for my friend Kyle. And, and uh, there, as I was translating, there was this really beautiful Venezuelan girl. I was single at the time, by the way, just so you all know. I was single. Hadn't, hadn't met the most beautiful woman in the world yet. Uh, Amy, yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I was standing there interpreting, and, and my friend was talking in English, and I was, I was interpreting in Spanish. Well, all of a sudden, I, I, I saw this, just this beautiful Venezuelan girl, and, and I, I, we, like, we kind of made eye contact, and I kind of got lost in her eyes. It was a weird kind of like I kind of got lost there. And I didn't, I, like, I just thought it, I mean, I, it was kind of like this experience, you know, like Dreamweaver came on, and it was just <laughs> this thing. And next thing I know, I, it's like I'm coming too, and he's hitting my arm, and I'm like, oh. And I hadn't been translating for him for like 10 seconds, apparently, he said. And so I thought, well, maybe that's why I'm on this trip. I don't know. Well, it turns out she had a boyfriend, so that's just a, a fun little part of the, of, the, of the story. It doesn't really have any meaning at all, but that was part of the story. Uh, it was a funny story. Anyways, uh, so later on that week, this is kind of the, the, the point I'm getting to here, is we were in this service. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this service, uh, a church service, there's like worship and, and different, different things going on. These three ladies in the front of the room start manifesting demons, like in a really, really scary way. And I remember my friend Kyle and I just standing there, and I became overcome with fear, like big time. And I remember just standing there like, I have never seen anything like this before. This is crazy. Well, before long, I mean, it was just a matter of, of really seconds uh, that this starts happening. And it was obvious that because we had talked to these ladies earlier in the week and there was nothing like this. And it was obvious that this, this was demonic activity and it was crazy. Well, all of a sudden, this short little man comes up behind me and he just starts going like this. And he's like, he starts pushing me towards these ladies. And the same thing happens to Kyle. And what we realize in that moment is happening is, like, we're the Americans that we're here to, like, teach. So, like, they thought we're the ones that were, are supposed to take care of this. So they push us towards these ladies. And now I'm, now I'm really overcome with fear. And I'm freaking out. I'm the one that's supposed to now do this, like, exorcism kind of thing. And I've never done anything like this. I'm scared to death. And so I just begin to pray. I just began to pray. I began to pray in the spirit. I just said, okay, God, I don't know what is happening here, but I'm, I am here, and I, 
now I'm remembering like the stupid prayer I did at that conference in front. I'll do anything, go anywhere, right? And I'm, I'm thinking, God, maybe not this, though, okay? Let me just amend that a little bit. But I just knew in that moment that my friend Kyle and I were supposed to be a part of what God wanted to do in these ladies' lives. So we stepped in. We just began to pray. We just began to go after. I mean, I remember just, like, experiencing this, this, this boldness I've never experienced in my life and just yelling at these demons and calling them out. And for about 20 minutes, this happened. We just were just doing, just praying in the spirit and praying over these ladies. And, and, and then all of a sudden, something just happened. And every single person in that room knew that those demons were gone, that those spirits were gone. And the ladies looked up at us with just this incredible peace and incredible, it was like they was completely different. They looked up at us and they just said, thank you. And we started talking with them. And these are demons, that, that terrible things that happened to them when they were little girls. And they, they, these spirits had stayed with them that entire time and had been tormenting them for years and years and years. It was in that moment that I knew the purpose for us to go on this trip. That God had called us to go and, and, and be the ones to introduce these ladies to their father. And, and introduce them to a father that loves them. A father that, that desires for their lives to have victory and for their lives to, to have freedom. I just want to say this. Don't ever wait for fear to be gone before you step out. Don't ever wait. If you do, it won't happen. Don't ever wait for fear to be gone before you step out. We're called to be courageous and step out in the midst of fear. We're called to step out of fear into love, called to step out of fear into purpose, called to step out of fear into destiny. We may feel afraid, but we must not be afraid. We may feel discouraged, we may, may, must not be discouraged. The night that I ran to the front at that conference, I was met with God's perfect love and trust. And I believe that that's what this is all about. Listen, this, this is what it's all about, is, is do, do you know your father and do you know how much he loves you? Do you know how much he cares for you? Do you know how much, how much he wants to, to lead you in your life? And that, that, you know, when we talk about, like, fear, there's passages in Scripture that talk about don't fear, like, sharing your faith and don't fear uh, going and, 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 and evangelizing, those kind of things. But we shouldn't do things just to overcome fear. We should do things because we truly have this intimate relationship with the Father who gave up his son so that we could have that relationship with him. That's the motivation for all of this. And it's not a works thing either, like, oh, everybody, you should go and change the world this week and just forget about fear. What it is, it's a relationship thing. Allow the Spirit of God and the relationship that you have with him to overflow in your life. That's what stepping out looks like, where you realize, wow, God is leading me into something new. Maybe, maybe try this. And again, this is a dangerous prayer, but I'm telling you, it's a, it's a good one. Maybe the first thing you say in the morning when you wake up is, God, today take me where you want to take me and do what you want to do in and through my life. And then just see what happens. I'm telling you, there's been a lot of times where I've been, I've said that prayer and then I'm driving and I see someone stopped on the side of the road or I see someone that, that may need help. And, and I know, like, oh, I probably should, but I need to get to work. And then I just keep driving. But I, 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 I know, also know the times where I say that prayer 
and then I stop, and it seems as if every time that there is something supernatural that God does and something supernatural that happens. I'm going to have the worship band come back up here in just a second. Uh, well, they can come back up anytime now. But I want to give us, I want us to, to declare something this morning. This is going to be our declaration, and I, I want each one of us to declare this this morning because I think this is, this is why we're here this morning. This is what God has brought us to. And it is this declaration of four things. Now, I'm going to say them, and then I'm going to go back and just explain each one of them very briefly, and then we're going to end with worship. But these are the four. The first one is the declaration that I have the Word of God. The second one is I have God. He's with me. I know that he's with me. The third one is I have the Spirit of God. And the fourth one is I have a destiny. Those, this is the declaration for each one of us this morning. If you are a believer, if you have a relationship with God, this must be our declaration because this is what the word says about who we are and about our situation and about our circumstances, about our relationship with him. So the first one is I have the word of God in my life. Do you know that this is the word of God, that this is a book that if you know it and if you read it, then you won't have fear overcome your life and you won't have discouragement overcome your life because this book completely cancels and defeats all of that. 365 times in this book it says do not fear. Isn't that interesting? There's 365 days in the year and 365 times it's confronting fear. That means every day we have a verse for each day that says I choose to not fear. I choose to not be afraid. I choose to not live in that. Fear is something that God, that God confronts in almost every page of this book. Almost every page of this book, it's the reminder that we, we have assurance in God. That we don't have to be afraid. That he won't leave us and that he won't forsake us. Jesus says that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we're going to have trouble, but he's overcome the world, and we can walk in that victory. The second one is, I have God. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord my God is with me. Amen? I don't have to fear evil because God is with me. You know, I tell this story quite a bit, but when I was like eight or nine, I had a chance to, to go on a trip with my dad when we were living in Chile, and and uh, my parents were missionaries down there. But he, we went on, on a pretty epic trip. We were, like, I think 24 hours on a boat and 12 hours on, on horseback. Is that right? 24 hours on a boat, 12 hours on, on horseback. And uh, on, the, on the horse, I got my own horse. Yeah, I got my own horse. But I was just this little kid, and I'm riding on the horse. And I remember it was getting dark. It got dark, and you could hear animals in the woods. And and I, I started to, 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 get a little, to get a little nervous because we're out there and we had some guides with us. But I remember one thing that I just focused on and it made all the difference in the world was that my dad was right in front of me and I was following him. And, you know, when you're a kid, that's, that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? It's like as soon as I walk into my kids' rooms when they're crying because they're afraid, it's like all of a sudden they know that dad's bigger than the monsters in their room. And I remember this trip, I just remember this trip has stuck with me because it just was such a, a reminder of God's, God's goodness, God's faithfulness, that God is with me. And I just remember he just showed me through my father leading us on this trip, my earthly father, that my, my godly father also leads me and he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me. 
Number three. So the first one is we have the word of God. Second one is we have God. He's always with us, right? He goes before us. Number three is I have the spirit of God. Now, I got to step down for just a second because I might preach here for, for just a moment. And I want you to hear me because this is so important. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you and inside of me. Come on, somebody talk to me right now. <laughs> the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of us. That greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That if we're fearful, we don't understand what's going on inside of each one of us. We don't understand the power and the boldness that God has given us. He told the early church, he says, I want you to wait. He says, I don't want you to even go anywhere yet in the world until you receive power from on high, until the Holy Spirit comes and infiltrates your life and infiltrates your heart and gives you the boldness and the courage that you're gonna need in this world. And I'm sorry, but I gotta tell you something. If there's anyone living in fear in this room and allowing it to overtake your life, I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to feel guilt or shame or condemnation, but I want you to know that you have the Spirit of God living inside of you that wants to rise up today and overcome that fear in your life because there's no place for that fear in your life. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, lives inside of us. And number four, actually let me go back to number three, and this is the scripture for that. For God, you've probably heard this, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, spirit of love, and of a sound mind. Come on, we have to walk in that. We have to know that. We have to remind ourselves of that. We have to remind each other of that. We have to wake up every day and remind ourselves that the spirit of God, he lives inside of us. And he's there to lead us, to guide us, to lead us into all truth, to comfort us, to be our helper. These are all descriptions of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And number four, I have a destiny. We all have a destiny. Ephesians 2 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in, in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So let me ask you this morning, what is it that you're facing? What's the fear that you're facing? What is it holding you back from? Is it holding you back from coming out of some kind of, of stronghold in your life? Uh, listen, one of, the, one of the biggest fears I ever overcome was, was sharing with my own wife about five years ago some things I'd never shared with her before for the sake of my freedom and for the sake of my marriage. I'm telling you, I was scared to death, but I knew God was leading me into that. I was the little scared to death kid at the edge of the pool with God saying, jump, I will catch you. And I, I, I jumped and it was difficult, it wasn't easy, but I'm telling you it was worth it. It was worth it. Because now there's not, there's not that fear anymore. Fear doesn't have a hold on me. I will not allow for fear to have a hold on me anymore. I will not allow for addictions to have a hold on me anymore. I'm not, I will not allow for the things of the enemy to have any place in my life anymore. I will not allow that anymore because I know God has my best interest in mind and I trust him to take that step forward. I know I have a destiny. I have a destiny to be a husband. 
I have a destiny to be a father to these little kids, to my three beautiful little kids. I have a destiny to make a difference in the lives of people around me. I have a destiny to to be a man of God full of faith that is willing to take steps and not know what what I'm going to encounter, but know that God has already been there before I even ever have or before I've even ever thought of it, that God has my best interest in mind. So would you pray with me this morning? Father, I pray for every person in this room. And right now, I just declare your goodness. I declare your peace. I declare your comfort. Declare your courage over every person in this room. God, I pray that you would cause us to rise up. That you would cause us to rise up out of fear. To be willing to take that step forward, to to make that jump out of fear into your perfect love, God. It may seem like such a huge task. Even just that step in itself may have so much fear attached to it, God. But I pray that that overwhelming, perfect love would would be all that it takes for us to do that, God. We thank you, God. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we don't have to walk in fear. God, I know, I pray that no one here today feels any kind of guilt, any kind of shame, any kind of condemnation. But Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that each person in this room, rather than feeling that, would feel the amazing, beautiful invitation of your love. The beautiful, loving, gentle invitation that you call us into. We can trust in you and know that you'll be there with us, that you've gone before us and that you surround us. In Jesus' name.